Welcome to Ghostly. Does the Sausage King's wife still haunt Chicago? Ghostly is a podcast that comes out every other week. In each episode, we take a ghost story or paranormal event and look into its complete history. Rebecca then gives us evidence proving that the story is real. And my job is to debate those pieces of evidence and get you, the listener, prepared to vote on if it's real or not. If you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. And as always, we're your host. I'm Pat. And I'm Rebecca. And what's been going on, Rebecca? Uh, you know, um, it's been uh, a, a bit of a stressful time uh, for my family. So I've been a little, uh. little busy, but we have had some beautiful weather um and uh just trying to enjoy enjoy the out- outdoors while while we can. Wow, okay. How about for you? Well, I've been planning ghostly events. Oh, yes. So now I'm ready to give out a couple dates. Oh, okay. All right. Uh I have two in mind, two out of four that I can release the information for now. Okay. So on um the our, the first event coming up is in early September. It is September 11th, I believe. And we will be doing Elgin Fringe Fest again. Woo! And they're going to have a night of podcasts there where it's going to be us with some of our friends, actually. And we're going to talk about that later. Um, but there's also going to be a true crime podcast there. Oh, cool. I don't remember the name of the true crime podcast, or I would plug them right now, but I don't remember the name. <laughs> and I'm actually not supposed to know this information. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we will be there with a couple other podcasts. We're really, really excited. It'll be at the Blue Box in Elgin on September 11th. Now, the way that Fringe works is um, we could charge money for the show, but that's not very ghostly for us. So we are having it for free. But in order to get into the fringe, you have to pay $3 per person for a button. And that allows you to see any other show that's free. Yep. So, and then some might charge an extra, you know, five, 10 bucks, something like that. But yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, super fun. Lots of fun things going on. So yeah, we're going to be in Elgin, Illinois, um, September 11th, 11th um, to do, uh, uh, do a ghostly episode. It's going to be super fun. Yeah. And then what's the uh, second one? So, but uh, for the Elgin one, we will keep it Elgin related as well. Oh, yes, absolutely. Because we really like to do that. Last time we were there, we sold out. We did. Which, I mean, I'm not just saying that. Like, yeah, there was hundreds of people. There was literally, that place was packed. There was no more room. And they had to turn people away. Even Mondo got turned away. That's true. Even Mondo got turned away. That's true. So if you decide to come, make sure you show up early. Yeah. And you might even want to just check out the other podcasts since, you know, if they're doing it for free, which I'm not sure if they are, but if they're doing it for free, you could pay $3 and see all three of them then. Yeah, there you go. Uh, So the other one is with our friends at Graveside Paranormal, Neil. You remember him from our Mm -hmm. Country House episode. Uh, and we're really excited about this one. It is going to be the Roth House. Yes, it's a, the but the Roth. It's the Roth House. Yeah, double F with the F. I always hear. I kept hearing the Roth House, and I was, so did I. Yeah, yeah, but it's Roth House. Uh, super excited about this event. Yes, cannot wait. Yes, it's about two and a half hours southish of Chicago area. Yeah. Um, and uh, and there it's it's this haunt, haunt, potentially haunted 
house? Well, there may have been an exorcism performed in this house. It's like the one of the first recorded exorcisms in the United States. And or- once you once you hear the story, it is it is just crazy. It's like there was somebody that got exercised and then might have gone into someone else's body or something like oh, that. Yeah, oh like, my god, it's, it's really like it's a big story. Yeah. And we will be there the whole entire day. We will also um be recording, you know, what your take is when you come out. Uh, people can go do a walkthrough. And I believe that their main event, um, the uh, after eight o'clock one, which cost $120, and there's only allowed 12 people, I believe, that they sold out. Mm-hmm. But throughout the day, I think it starts at 10 o'clock, uh, they can do a walkthrough of the house for 10 bucks. So you're, and you can also use Graveside Paranormal's investigation equipment. Yeah. So you can, it's not just a tour. You can actually do some of your own, yeah. you know, um, uh, investigating in the house. Um, and it's called Paranormal Palooza. Parapalooza. Parapalooza 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and actually, um, stay tuned. Look for us on, um, I think it's going to be. Um, in late August, we'll be going live on Facebook at some point or live on the socials, I should say, um, interviewing the current owner yeah. of the property. Um, it's going to be so interesting. It's going to be super interesting. And then again, yep. Um, uh, in, in, uh, September, uh, yeah. we'll be going, um, to the house and we'll be there for the event. Very exciting. Yeah. And it's not just the walkthrough and it's not just ghostly. They also have vendors there. And they're going to have food there, too. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it seems like a really cool event. We're really excited about it. Uh, And I'm really excited to tell you the other two events, but I I can't yet because they haven't been approved yet. They're mostly approved, but they're not totally approved yet. So I can't tell you them yet. Nope. Got to wait on those. But But stay tuned because there's going to be a lot more ghostly coming up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. So... We have a shout out today. Now, there are two ways to get a shout out on Ghostly. Um, the first way is the free way, uh, and it's to give us a review on Apple Podcast. We always prefer the five star reviews, but we will read any and all reviews that we receive. The second way is to either buy us a coffee on buymeacoffee.com slash ghostly podcast or by going to ghostlypodcast.com and hitting the buy us a coffee button in the menu or on the bottom of the screen. And you could even become a member on Buy Me A Coffee where you will find out the episode schedule ahead of everybody else. And there's also more benefits that we're working on. Uh, This time we only have one shout out. And this one is a Apple Podcast review. And it's a four-star review from Mink the Link 12. All right. Rebecca, you want to read it? Sure. It says, uh, me and my family found this while on our road trip, and we are listening regularly now. And uh, titled Love This. Yeah. That is awesome. We love when uh, families listen to Ghostly Together. Yeah. And you know what? I find that a lot of people are doing it during road trips. Yeah. Definitely a great binging and what a time to go for a road trip. I mean, mm-hmm. country's opening back up, and it's it's time that we get out there. I mean, gas prices are high. But besides <laughs> that, everything is perfect for a road trip. It is. Now, I am going to give a little bit of warning for this episode today. Just it is true crime, and so there might be some... Uh 
some some detail some gruesomey details that we we certainly do the not deeds. go we not we certainly do not go into graphic gory details but but certainly some mentions yeah um all right let's do the listener mail all right um okay so this is from listener brian thank you so much for um sending us this one um so uh he says first off i'm a skeptical believer Okay. I, I like have that had term. yeah, I have had many experiences throughout the years, but I will share my first. So Brian does claim that he's going to send us some more stories. Um I think he actually sent us another one already. Uh okay, when I was about 8 or 9 years old, I was home alone. This was never a problem cuz I preferred it that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so you that know, way too. <laughs> back in the day, it was okay to leave an 8 or 9 year oh, old I'm, child yeah, alone. Oh, I'm 8 year 8 years old. I remember that was like I was finally old enough to stay home alone. I mean, not at night, but like yeah. during the day. I would walk home and I had the keys to the house, which was exciting. Yeah. Because I didn't get the keys until I was like 8 years old. Um and it was like a big deal for me and uh I got to come inside and make cheese sandwiches in the microwave well there you go yeah uh okay so (laughs) this was never a problem because i preferred it that way but on this day it was summer and about 90 to 100 degrees inside and out i was on the couch watching tv when i saw someone walk out of my bathroom and into my bedroom and then shut the door i was home alone and i saw a strange woman in my house with me i was not a normal child I ran to the kitchen and grabbed a knife oh, and then ran to my bedroom door and opened it up. Not only was there no one there, my window was locked. I felt a strange dread and the primal fight or flight kicked in. It was also freezing in my room. I ran to a neighbor's house. By the by, at this time, I had no idea about ghosts or their effect in the environment. Uh, but it... Could have been. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, and no, Pat. Microclimates. Oh, that's what I was Did say. not affect our bedrooms due to them being facing the summer sun. If anything, the room would have been hotter than the rest of my house. See, ah. he anticipated your your claim. Uh, so, sorry so long. Actually, this was kind of a short one, Brian. Uh, so thank you. Um, so he's got. Uh, he says. Plus, I have many more. Uh, and you two are amazing. Keep up the good work. Ah, thanks, Brian. Uh, so. If you want to send us your ghost story, because we want to hear them and we want to read them on the show, uh, you can send it to us at the email info at ghostlypodcast.com, or you can just use the contact us form on ghostlypodcast.com. There's a contact button right at the top. It's easy to find. Uh, Or you can um, send it in via regular mail, which is awesome. Uh, So our mail address is P.O. Box number 264 in Geneva, Illinois, 60134. That's P.O. Box number 264, Geneva, Illinois, 60134. And all of this will be in the show notes as well. So you can just go ahead and click on the show notes uh, when you stop driving on your road trip. (laughs) There you go. All right. So I guess we got to do the polls. Time for the polls. I'm, you know, I'm more excited about the polls now that we do that overall rating. I, this is, yeah, that it really gives us a couple pieces of data here. Yeah, exactly. So in our last episode, we talked about spirit photography. Um, so the yeses just squeaked it out oh. with 51.6%. Oh, my God. Uh, our nose uh, came in at 484 
Um, so now the overall rating. So remember, people can you can now vote on how haunted it is from one to ten. We couldn't do zero. So one to ten. Um, so one being not haunted at all and ten being the most haunted place ever. And this one scored a four point oh six. Oh. So the the ranking was really more on the not so haunted side. Yeah. But the yes is one <laughs> for uh, whether or not it's uh, the it's, spirit photography exists. So they believe it's haunted, just not very haunted. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I'm I'm willing to take that. And I almost squeaked one past. Maybe this episode will be my first win since February. It's possible. All right. Well, I hope so. All right. I'm going to be honest. Most episodes we do... We do because we know people will search for them. So we come up with these titles and we come up with the concepts a lot of times for that reason. And it's just a way to help us get more people to listen. And then we hope that our wit and charm will get people to keep listening. So charming. (laughs) Uh, This is probably not going to be one of those episodes. Let me just say that. This one is purely for the fun of doing it. For the sport. (laughs) Well, I will. I, I. I mean, I will say. I think uh, once people see the title of this episode, they're going to be excited to listen to it. Well, I hope so. Uh, I think it was our Joliet Prison episode where we stumbled upon the idea of the Sausage King murderer. Uh, yes. Uh, and since then, it's been all that I've been thinking about. I know it's hard to let it go. I mean, like I wake up in the middle of the night sometimes. I mean, not in a sweat or anything because of my magical skeptical powers. <laughs> um, but it's like the first thing that I think about. What about the Sausage King of Chicago? Wow. Yeah. You're. I didn't realize the obsession level. I am obsessed with this story. Okay. Uh, and of course, this wouldn't be a proper Chicago episode without our man of Chicago. So let's welcome Mondo back on Ghostly. Hey, Mondo, how have you been? Ah, hello. Pretty good. <laughs> what <laughs> you been up to? Um, Not too much. Just a lot of work. <laughs> so you guys I... moved, back to, moved back into your house, right? Yes, I did. I don't think that you've been on since you moved back in. Uh, actually, yeah. Oh, you have? Time. Oh, then yes. forget I even asked this then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yeah, I thought you were close, but that's yeah. So everything, you're back. That's good. Any other, any other exciting news to share? Uh, well, Not yet. I'm, I'm gonna be a grandpa. <laughs> Congratulations! Thank you. Thank you. Wow, I'm <laughs> super excited for you. Thank you. You're gonna, you're gonna be an awesome grandpa. Are you gonna start like pulling coins out of people's ears and stuff? I've never been good at that, but maybe it's time to try. <laughs> I yeah. think it's I think it's a skill to learn. Well, no, I, yeah. I I think it's a skill you get when you become a grandpa. Oh. Yeah, you just instantly get it somehow. Hmm. Yeah, I don't I'll know. I'll keep you posted. I'll see how it goes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> just magically one day I could do it. So. <laughs> All right, Rebecca, do you have a ghost story for us? I do. I do. Let's get our let's get our minds into the world of the sausage king. All right. Spooky 
you are not going to believe me. The story makes no sense, but I swear it's true. I just moved into a new condo in Chicago on diversity, and it's been great. Awesome neighborhood right by the lake. I love taking my bike down by the water and riding along the path. It's beautiful. So yesterday, I took a ride a little later in the day than usual and a little longer than usual. So when I finally made it back, it was dark. I keep my bike in a storage space in the basement. As I was opening up my locker area, I saw something out of the corner of my eye. I admit I was a little freaked out because it was dark, but I was really more worried about like a like a robber or something. But when I turned my head, there was nothing there. I put my bike in the cage area and I was locking it back up when I felt a presence. I don't know how else to describe it. And it was like I could feel eyes on me. I turned around and I looked down the row and I swear to you, I saw a woman in white just standing there staring at me. She looked sad. But like I knew she wasn't real. Like not a live person standing there. She was just like she wasn't present, but she was there and and then she was gone, faded away from existence. I've never seen anything like that before. I didn't even scream because it was so short and so shocking. I stood there shaking with my mouth open in disbelief. Luckily, I didn't have to walk out that way. I just ran to the next row and to the elevator before I could even think of anything. I told you you wouldn't believe me. (laughs) It's insane. But here's the thing. I decided to do some research on my building. I know, I know, I should have done this before moving in. I found out that my building was the site of a famous murder, the Sausage King murder. He killed his wife and dissolved her body in the basement in a vat. Well, I know in my bones that it's that she's the person I saw, which shocking as that is makes me feel less afraid. She's just a a poor murdered soul who can't move on from this place where her life was taken. But I keep my bike in my condo now. Wow. All right. So how much of that is based on any kind of facts at all? <laughs> it's kind of a combination of a couple different stories. Oh, the locker story. <laughs> the storage yes. locker story, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things, unfortunately, we didn't have time to do is have uh, one of my friends on um, who doesn't live in the building, but lives like just down the street from this building. And she passes it and every day. And she passes yeah. it every day. And and I have been in her building and seen like her basement and like the whole setup and everything. And, and I'm I'm guessing these are all buildings from about the same time, you know, similar setups, all of that. So uh, I, my guess is, uh, you know, so I can picture it in my in my wow. head. So. Well, Mondo, how familiar are you with diversity? Um, pretty. I, I know exactly where that's at because it's right around the corner from Rinaldi's Pizza. <laughs> and they yes, have fantastic is. sausage. Ah. Mm. Oh, there you go. So so is that a Mondo recommendation? For sure. It's one of the best in Chicago. One of the and, best. Wow. Yes. Even better than Vito and Nick's? 
Uh, it's a different kind. You know, actually, this is like a New York style pizza in Chicago. Oh. Yeah, it is. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, who would do that? <laughs> <laughs> and, right. uh, it, but that, it, that area does, is just blocks away from Lincoln Park. So you have the park, you do have the lake mm. just a couple blocks away from there. And it's very busy. And the buildings are, you know, a mixture of really big buildings and then, you know, small and a, uh, smaller buildings too. Wow. Yeah, but very populated. Very and so I yeah. would imagine that if it were I, I'm not sure which building that is in, but it's it's, it's it in is. the seventeen hundred block. Oh. Okay. So is it a high rise or uh smaller? Mm, is it like ten stories, five stories? It's I don't that I tall. don't know exactly, but I'm imagining it's bigger because now it's condos. So Yeah, it's I think there's gotcha. they they added on like a new section to it. I'm I'm sure we'll hear more about it maybe, but uh you know, it's but it's definitely um, there's a lot of condo buildings in that area. But like you said, also like lots of businesses, you know, different size buildings, I guess. But um, it's it is. It's a, I, my like I said, my friend lives in this area and I always tell her she lives in a mall because mm-hmm. there's like so many stores and restaurants and everything. Yeah. there. Yeah. All right. Well, we should take a quick break. And when we return, we're going to talk about the history. Pat, what do creepy stories, funny ghost memes, and inside ghostly information have in common? Um, my life. <laughs> well, yes, but <laughs> no, it's also Ghostly Society on Facebook. Oh, yeah, I mean, that too, of course. I, but aren't all ghostly listeners in Ghostly Society? Not yet. What? I mean, that means that they're missing out on all my jokes. Yeah, they are. And missing out on chatting and sharing with other listeners and us, of course. We love talking to our listeners. If you haven't yet, you should consider joining our private group on Facebook called Ghostly Society. Let's hope now they will. Unless they're a woman in white. All right. So, what kind of food is Chicago known for? Pizza. 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 Okay. Um, but the deep dish pizza that Chicago is known for, although, you know, not many Chicagoans eat deep dish pizza on a regular basis. Um, but what, what, you know, that's what we're, what Chicago is known for pretty much. And that wasn't invented until the 1940s. Okay. And it was invented by the owner of Uno's. So he claims. Actually, Ooh. it might have been a somebody that worked for him that made it. That's the other story. <laughs> okay. Um, but what about in the 1880s and 1890s? What kind of food do you think Chicago is known for? I mean, come on, it's sausages. <laughs> well, you know, and the, and well, I mean, and we still are. It still is in some ways, right? Yeah. With the the hot dogs and all the stuff that I we mean, have. I had some taco brats the other day. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. which was pretty much a brat that had cheese in it that had taco seasoning. <laughs> Man, it was good. Mm. You think you try it, Mondo? Oh, I would definitely. Yeah. 
All right. It's interesting how our how the food of Chicago evolved. Like you said, that was sausage, and that was the 1890s. Yeah. And I know that then our other thing that Chicago's known for is Italian beef. Oh, that yeah. came out during the Depression because they were trying to conserve the meat. Mm. You know, so they were just shaving. Absolutely. You know, a big piece of beef, and then what do you know? Pizza came next. Are you more well, of a sausage or a beef kind of guy? Um, I like. Uh, I actually like beef on pizza, but uh, I, I don't have a problem pizza. with sausage. What? Yeah. But I mean Italian like a beef. sandwich. Like, I mean, oh. even though like a hot dog isn't a sandwich, but you know. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a pizza guy. Yeah. You're a pizza guy. <laughs> over yes. And sausage, sorry. <laughs> okay. So like if you were going to have a sandwich, would you have a beef sandwich or would you have a sausage? Oh, both. Sausage and beef combo. Oh, you're a combo guy. <laughs> I'm a combo guy. What are you, Rebecca? A uh, beef. Beef. Sure. I would probably go beef over sausage, but but on a pizza, sausage is good. I do appreciate a good sausage though, mm-hmm. occasionally. Uh, okay, so here's all the hashtag pet facts that you need to know about the sausage king of Chicago murderer. Pets. So first, to start this off, there's two things wrong here. First is that I asked in Ghostly Society, who is the current sausage king of Chicago? Because after our Joliet Prison episode, I started thinking about that. I mean, I am obsessed with this whole concept. So I started thinking, uh, who is the current one? And everybody replied back that it was Abe Froman. (laughs) Well... He is not actually a real person. <laughs> right, Mondo? That's what we found out. That's yep. what we found out. Yeah. Well, why, so maybe, Mondo, why don't you, uh, for anyone that maybe is younger or doesn't know the reference, why did most people answer Abe Froman? Abe Froman uh, was a fictional character that was uh, brought up in the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. And it's about a young high school kid that, ditches school for the day with his friends and they travel all over Chicago. And in one scene, he claims to be Abe Froman so that they could get uh, seats at a uh, expensive restaurant. And they did get seats. They did. But then Abe Froman showed up though, didn't he? No. Oh, okay. (laughs) So there was no Abe Froman. So no, but it's a very good movie. And if you haven't seen it, uh, you definitely shouldn't. If you haven't watched in a while. Yeah. Definitely but I would I would love to believe that he was real, but he's not. <laughs> uh, but if we had to crown a current Sausage King, it would probably be Jim Bodeman, although Jim Bodeman would probably, uh, he probably would not claim the title. Okay. Uh, the reason why is he is the CEO of the legendary Vienna Beef company, ah. uh, which is some of the best commercially sold hot dogs on the market and found in a lot of the ballparks that you might go to. And I believe they also supply Portillo's, which is a Chicago staple. I think there's a Portillo's in Arizona now. Yeah, and someone was saying in Florida, too. In California. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're they're trying to expand. Yeah, but I mean, up until recently, it was Mm -hmm. just a Chicago staple. Yeah. Uh, Next thing 
is that there are actually several people that have claimed that they were the Sausage King throughout the years, which is a real shame that there's not like a coronation ceremony or anything. I mean, I think we're missing a really fun opportunity here. <laughs> just yeah, like, you're right. Like, yeah. a, like a global Chicago, or I'm sorry, a global Sausage King or a Chicago yeah, Sausage just, King? Just Sausage King. Just, That's just it. Sausage King. Yeah. Yeah. All I right. mean, and I think it should be televised, and I think that they should have to wear, like, some kind of crown made of, like, brats or something. They have the hot dog eating challenge. Yeah, so right. So they can hold it the same day and let That's the contestants true. vote on their favorite hot dog. That's true. <laughs> and they also have, like, some sandwich eating uh, contest, too, which a hot dog is not a sandwich, so then obviously they would need to have a sandwich contest, too. So, listeners, in case you're not aware, um, Pat, for some reason, thinks that a hot dog is not a sandwich when it clearly is. And he, he gets very defensive no, about the fact not. that it's not. no one agrees with him. So No, that's not true. Most of the world agrees with me. to bring this up as often as possible. Most of the world agrees with me. A hot dog is not a sandwich. <laughs> Maybe that'll be a poll one day. <laughs> Maybe. All right. So, also for a side note. There is not just one, but at least two previous sausage kings that have been tried in a court of law for murder. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you do have to be careful when you do research if you're looking up sausage king murder. I think there's one in Germany. There's (laughs) yeah, there's a lot of them around. I mean, the title, it really, you know, it's not just prestigious. It's (laughs) it's infamous. So uh, but this episode is about Adolf. Lutgert, the sausage king of Chicago in the late 1800s. Lutgert was born on December 27th, 1845. So he's a Christmas baby similar to you, Rebecca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're right around the same time. Yeah. Well, that year too, 1845? Yep. Oh, wow. You're, you're older than you look. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was born in a town called Gutersloth. I love saying German words. (laughs) Gutersloth, yeah. That was part of Prussia, but is now a part of Germany. Uh, So he was one of 16 children born to Christian and Marguerite Lutgert. Out of the 16 children, there were only two girls, which is odd, right? I guess. Uh, Adolf actually had a twin, but little is known of him as he didn't rise to the fame of being a sausage king. Yeah, the only Lutgert we remember is the sausage king. Yeah, and barely at that, I think. Uh, Adolf's father made his money on animal hides. That's probably how Adolf got into making sausages, uh, although little is known of his sausage history just when he (laughs) actually rose to being sausage king. Uh, typically in those days, a boy wouldn't spend much time in school if they were a tradesman's son. It was just assumed that the boy would take over the family business and would need to start learning their craft at about the age of 14 or so. So Adolf worked under Ferdinand Nabel, and he was taught all about the tanning business. But since this is before cars, it made it difficult for commuting to and from work, so he just lived with him. Okay. Um, In Prussia in those days, tanning wasn't an easy business. So at about the age of 19, Adolf moved out and started traveling around Europe. He did any job he could find and was barely making ends meet. 
He stayed in London for about six months, but could only find a job scrubbing restaurant floors, which was about as lucrative as it sounds. So at about the age of 20, he got to live out his dream. Everyone in Europe was talking about going to America. There, you were able to have anything you wanted if you worked hard enough. He took all the money he had, which was about $30, and got on a boat bound for New York City. New York City? (laughs) I was prepared for you to say that, yeah. Uh, He stayed in New York for a little while and then headed to Quincy, Illinois. Mondo, you've been to Quincy, right? Uh, Yes, I know I have. Oh, okay. I can't really tell you much about it. That's one of those names you're like, yeah, I think I've been to Quincy. I can't quite remember. I'm sure I've been to Quincy. Uh, He had some friends there, and um, he also had his oldest brother, Henry, that lived there. But again, little is known of Henry Lutgerd. Immigrants to Illinois in those days were mostly German, hence why Chicago was known for its sausages. I'm pretty sure some of my relatives were some of those. Those Germans coming. Maybe you're a Lutgert. I don't think so. Rebecca Lutgert? That doesn't Ooh. sound... I don't like it. <laughs> Shuring. Mondo, do you have any Lutgerts in your family history? No. <laughs> None that we wanted to talk about. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. you, could, you could claim the title of Sausage King, though. Oh. <laughs> uh, Adolf stayed in Quincy for a few months, but then moved to Chicago to try to find a job at a tannery, which he did find and actually worked for a couple of tanneries. But he also did a bunch of side jobs, like he was a moving man. Uh, He was willing to work really hard, and after a while, he was able to save up around $4,000. He took that money and started his own business. Now, $4,000 doesn't sound like much money when we think about today's standards, especially to start a business. But that's equivalent to about $90,000 in today's money. So, yeah, for an immigrant that just came over here to be able to save up $90,000, that's a lot. Uh, The business he started was at first a liquor business that somehow kind of morphed into a sausage business where he finally found his stride. Adolf got married to Carolina Ropik. Uh, They lived at 725 Clybourne Avenue in Chicago. Mondo, you familiar with Clybourne? Yes. So 725 Clybourne Avenue. I I can't picture it. Can you? Um, Clybourne uh, runs on an angle. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would not be too far from where that is. Yeah, it's got, um, that's close to the... The factory? Well, it's close to yeah. downtown or the lake. I'm trying to picture. And Clybourne and Diversity do cross. Mm. Um. But yeah, there's there's uh, seven angled streets, right, Mondo? Seven, six, something like that in downtown something Chicago. Like yeah. Wow. Anyways, and Clybourne is one of them. Interesting. Uh, they had two sons, and then Carolina died. In my research, I cannot find a cause of death, though. But this one doesn't seem to have been under suspicion. So, and I'm 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 putting this here because it's not in the debate. Um, there is there are some weird rumors. They owned supposedly he owned bars like with the liquor business, yeah. and that people claim that like 
a couple of his sons had mysterious deaths and Caroline well, there was had that. mysterious deaths or something. And yeah, maybe you'll talk about those. But um, but from what I could tell, there was never anything, especially about the wife. Like I never yeah. saw anything. I weird. never see anything more about yeah. it. I've seen her. I've seen her headstone, but that was about it. Yeah. Um, Adolf got remarried just two months after Carolina's death to a woman named Louisa Bickney's. Yeah, that seems a little suspicious. Yeah, uh, they had four children together, and that's a total of six for you math heads out there. Um, but only three of the six children lived past the age of two years old. So that might be what you've heard. Yeah. But they, I mean, that was common in those days. Uh, if you made it past the age of two, there was a good chance you were going to make it. Though. Yeah. Uh, Louisa Lutgert was reported as missing on May 1st, 1897. This is when we get into the true crime part of this podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, Adolf told their children that their mother had gone to visit her sister on the previous night, but never came back. And after a few days, Louisa's brother, Diedrich Bickney's, uh, went to the police to report her disappearance. Now, actually, I've also heard that Diedrich might have been related to the first wife. Whoa. Yeah, so, but they have not ever been able to make a tie that actually connects them, but there is there is some speculation that they could have been related. Hmm. Interesting. Um, Lutker told the police that she ran away with another man. But as the police were investigating the missing person reports, they realized that Louisa and Adolf had a lot of domestic violence reports, and that the couple were always fighting about something. So as the police continued the investigation, things started to unfold rather quickly. They talked to a security guard or a night watchman that said that Adolf and Louisa came by the factory on May 1st. Adolf gave the guard a task to do that took him away from the factory and even told him that when he was done, he could take the night off. Then the police found receipts from Adolf purchasing arsenic and potash uh, the day before Louisa went missing. Do we? I mean, I've heard of arsenic. That's like can be used as a poison. Yeah, and so could the um, potash. Basically, it's to decompose bodies. I mean, there's other reasons. Like if you're running a sausage factory, uh, you might have some bad sausages that you need to get rid of. Oh. Yeah, I mean, and you don't want to just, you know, burn all of them or or let them just rot. Uh, Mondo, do you just let sausages rot? No, but mm -hmm. I mean, if he did burn them, maybe they would smell good and it would attract more people. It's probably could have been a marketing gimmick. <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts does it, right? They pipe burnt, out that smell. I burnt some sausages yesterday at a barbecue. <laughs> Although they were called hot dogs, and they're not sandwiches. <laughs> so uh, so the police got a warrant then to search the factory. And when they searched the furnace, they found bad sausages and human remains. Um, or what they believed to be human remains. At, in, the, in that day and time, it was really hard to prove that. Yeah, this is true. We're talking It could 1800s. be animal, yeah. animal remains, too. Yeah. But they also found two rings one of which had the initials LL on it, Louisa Lutgart. Oh. <laughs> now, Adolf claimed to be innocent, 
This was enough for the police to make an arrest and to take Adolf to trial. So there were actually two trials for Adolf. The first was found to be a hung jury, because although there was evidence that there were bone fragments and the LL ring, the defense said that Louisa left freely on May 1st, and many people claimed to see her after that day. But then a few months later, the case was retried, and this time the prosecution used an anthropologist as an expert witness, and he set out to prove that the bones that were there in the furnace were actually human bones. Uh, and, this, and he did, I'm guessing? Um, you know, enough for the jury to not be hung this time, and the jury came back unanimously that he was guilty. Mm. Now, I'm going to say... When I was reading this history, I felt like maybe in that first trial, there might have been some money going to that jury and money going to those quote unquote witnesses that saw mm. Louisa. Yeah, but we have a little <laughs> thing here in in the U.S. Uh-huh. called double jeopardy. You're not supposed yeah. to be tried two times for the same crime. But a hung jury is different. Yeah. That's a mistrial. And you that says if he had been... Now, if they if that jury had uh, had acquitted him, then they couldn't have tried him again. Absolutely. So Adolf was sentenced to life in prison. And that term was actually served out in full because he died in prison just 18 months later in Joliet prison, Mm -hmm. as that's where we came up with um, this episode. And the cause of death was a fatty degenerative heart disease, which is very fitting for a sausage king. (laughs) It really is. (laughs) After the trial was publicized, rumors spread that Lutgert had ground up his wife's remains as sausage and sold the sausage to unknowing consumers. Sorry, we should have done like a trigger warning. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right? We should have, yeah. But... Uh, sales of sausage in Chicago dropped off for a little bit. The tale was later proven completely false. Okay. Uh, as her body was shown to have been dissolved and the remains mostly burned. But the legend persists to this day. And another common legend related to the murder is that the ghost of Louisa Lutgert haunts the old factory grounds and the couple's former home in Chicago. Will. Which, uh, I'm sure Rebecca will talk about. We will. So without this case, this is what I found really, really interesting. Without this case, there might not have been any true crime podcast at all. Because this was one of the first trials to be widely covered by the media. Newspapers from Chicago reported it on a daily. And some of the reporters tried to eavesdrop on the jury's deliberations. It is credited with making murder trials a subject of general interest in the media. This case also was one of the earliest to use anthropologists as a forensic expert in a trial. Interesting. Now, some people claim that the old factory where the sausage were made burnt down in 1902. But the factory still stands to this day, or at least the outer core of it still stands to this day, and was converted into condos. It is located on the 1700 block of West Diversity Parkway. Wanted. Mondo, we haven't even, we haven't even gotten anywhere yet oh, with this. Sorry. <laughs> uh, there were many sightings of Louisa Lutgert after the trial began. 
She was cited in 12 different states, but never found. One of the most famous myths was that she was seen boarding a ship in New York bound for Europe. And when Adolf heard this, he said that he thought she was definitely fleeing the country. Louisa, however, was never reported as being seen outside the United States. Yeah. So one crazy fact that I read is that his defense attorney from one of the trials, maybe even both, um, believed in Adolf so much and believed in his innocence so much that he didn't even charge him a fee for defending him and um, spent $2,000, which again, as we've talked about, is a lot of money back then. Still not a lot of money, but anyways, $2,000 of his own money searching for Louisa, never found her and ended up in an institution (laughs) (laughs) after a breakdown. I don't know. I you know, I, I don't know if the sausage king was actually a murderer. Okay, why would you think he's not? Because there's so many reports of them seeing her all around the country. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Mondo, many times when we're arguing about if a ghost sighting is real or not, I mention over the years, many people have seen this ghost. And Pat's response is, that's not good enough. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't see her ghost. They saw her body. Mondo, well, I think I'll, you need to side with me on this part. I don't know. I, You know, what happened with the attorney? He felt so strongly yeah. in his convictions that it drove him mad. That's a warning to you. <laughs> you think I'm going to be driven mad by by the 1890s sausage king? No, well, you're, it's waking the, him up at night, Mondo. I don't know. You 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 feel so strongly in your beliefs about mm. things, and I'm I'm worried about you, man. <laughs> well, no, I think people just want to be involved in the case, and they're like, "Yeah, I saw Louisa, even though I'm just a random person in another mm. state that has never seen this person, because it's the 1800s, and there's no right. yeah, but photos this is, or movies." But this is not the debate, okay? And you know, Mondo, you're worried about me. I'm worried that we're not going to have a song for this episode, and I think the uh, listeners need one. Well, do you do you got anything for us? No. No, I'm sorry. I've been I'm, I've been kind of playing around with with one in my head. You? You want to hear it? Yeah. Sure. He is the sausage king, murdering. At least they found the ring. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Anybody can be that guy. <laughs> Abe Froman. It's not the sausage king. It is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You like it? Sausage yeah. King murdering. <laughs> least they found a ring. Oh yes, oh. this is gonna be catchy. Yeah. Well, I hope so. I mean, I mean, I'm not Mondo, so I... I, right, right. It's no he Waverly Hills, job. but oh, thanks, thanks. And you too, Rebecca. That was good. <laughs> thanks. Well, she just sang what I sang. Yeah, but it's better. You just always want to take her side in everything. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to take a small break. And then when we come back, we are going to get to the debate.
you're back. Mondo, during the short little break, did you have a chance to think of any little ditty? I did. Oh, you did? Yes. I believe this is what got him the second time when they were went to trial for the second time, because I just kind of envisioned that the defense was up there and he just looked at the audience, I mean, at the jury and broke out in the song. Oh. And and he even explained how he killed him. It had to do with our, or killed her. It had to do with arsenic. Oh. And he just looked at them and said, that sausage was poison. (laughs) (laughs) And then. A little (laughs) dull bib Driving me out of my head. <laughs> Every or out of my mind, sorry. Everybody is blaming the sausage guy. <laughs> Miss her, kiss her, kill her. That sausage was poison. Ah. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> I love it. There goes my sausage king song now. <laughs> it was a good disco jam you had, though. Yeah, good. you know, it's just one of those things. I mean, as I said, every night I wake up thinking about the sausage king, so. <laughs> All, right. All right. So it's time for a debate. It is. It is. And uh, I'm going to be honest. Um, there are a lot of... Or not a lot, but there there are claims of stories. Not a lot of specifics out there, though, that I can oh, good. find. Good. I'm gonna gonna <laughs> be honest about it. So, so I might win this one. Well, I mean, Ooh. and I will say that Richard Crow, who we all know is the like godfather of ghost hunting in Chicago, we've talked about him before. Yes. Um, he's no longer with us, but for many years he really was the the guy. Um, and even he said that he did not know of any firsthand accounts of stories. Oh, we should, we should ask Ursula at some point. We should ask Ursula at some point. But uh, anyway, so that doesn't mean there aren't any, just that he hadn't heard any firsthand accounts. Um, okay, but the first claim, uh, and this is kind of interesting, uh, we can take this a couple of different ways, paranormal or not, yeah. um, but the first ghost story claim actually comes during the trial itself by Lutgert himself, by oh. Adolf. He claimed that he was hearing, or sorry, seeing ghosts at the factory. Mm. Um, because um, during the investigation, he loudly accused the police of, quote unquote, hiring ghosts to scare him. Um, a na- How do you pay ghosts? I don't know. <laughs> a neighbor and witness, Agatha Toshi, even had to swear in code. Touche. Uh, touche. <laughs> uh, uh, it's with an S, though, so I don't know. Anyways, uh, she uh, even had to swear in court that she'd never dressed up as Louisa's ghosts and walked the halls of the factory. Wow, um, interesting. So, basically, yeah. So, he's like, he's like, I keep hearing things in the factory. It must be the police um, paying someone to pretend to be Louise's ghost and you know they they you know he must have said that this woman is one that they paid to do this and she mm. had to testify and say no the police didn't pay me to like dress up as your your dead wife to like freak you out yeah. so my thought is no it's because he was really being haunted 
by his ex or ex former wife, uh, dead wife, um, you know, at his factory. Well, you ever notice though that they don't name babies Adolf anymore? Yeah, <laughs> I wonder why that is. That yeah. just is a weird thing. Yeah, it is a weird thing, but this is all in the 1800s, so yeah. it wasn't weird then. Uh, but what do you think of that, Mondo? What I about the him hearing things in his own factory kind of during that time during the investigation and the trial? I think he had some guilt on his mind and that, and, uh, you know, I think, um, yeah, there's no way to pay a ghost off. They're not on the take. So. <laughs> I mean, do you pay him in like ectoplasma or something like that? Maybe we should Maybe. ask Bob about that. Uh, we should have to ask Bob about that he one. would probably be our ectoplasma expert. Yeah. I would say with yeah. his ghostbuster history. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. I'm going to say, yeah, I agree with Mondo. This is purely a guilt thing. Uh, although I don't think he was guilty uh, necessarily, <laughs> I don't think there's enough real proof. They didn't do DNA or have much forensic evidence in those Only days. Only that there were human bones and rings with her initials on them found in a vat in his factory after he sent the night watchman away <laughs> on an errand. Nope, no evidence here. Yeah, but if you think about it, though, <laughs> the ring with the LL initials on it. Uh-huh. That would be the perfect way that the police would identify her, right? Mm-hmm. So that would be the right. perfect way if she wanted to escape. Yeah, and she simply could have broke up with him, yeah. taken her ring off and just threw it across the room and it bounced and landed in a vat of acid. Right, well, it and, wasn't and found acid. Uh, some there other no, human oh, bones to sorry. put in there. <laughs> Oh, no, no acid? Yeah, it, wasn't, it, it was in the furnace. So she could have uh, just right. tossed it in the furnace knowing that they would. I mean, that's like a revenge thing. I'm thinking. Right. Okay. Okay. But anyways, uh, yeah, I really think that this is uh, all just like a guilt thing. So I I think that, you know, it got the best of him. And I believe that this doesn't prove anything. Mm, all right. So what's your rating on this one? Uh, let's go Mondo first. Mondo, Mondo first? what's your rating? Mm. I say. One. One. Ooh, okay. One. Yeah. All right. Um, I am going to give this one a six because okay. of something coming up. But I, I will say, like, I think it's a little suspicious. No, that... no, no. You have to go just on this evidence, okay, not okay. something coming up. All right. Well, okay. Even with this, I'm giving it a six. Do I think that it is, it's possible that it was just his guilty mind? Yes. But the fact that it was so disturbing to him that he really was like, okay, like, I will do anything for this to not be the ghost of the wife that I've killed. I'm going to blame the police on it, like, to the point where somebody had to testify. That seems like a pretty extreme haunting situation. So it, mm-hmm. it could, I, I, like, I again, do I think it's likely in his mind? Yes, but just enough possible could be a could be the ghost. All right. You know well, what? I'm, I'm sorry. Is there any way I could change my number? Oh, Mondo. <laughs> She's got a point. She has a well, really, I, I didn't think of it like that. Yes, he's well, got a guilty conscience, but you know what? It was just haunting him. It's, it makes so much sense. All right. So what is your new rating now, Mondo? Yeah. Going to five. Five? Wow. <laughs> she got you to go up from a one to a five. All right. Well, what I'm going to say is that, you know, you take a guy that, has a diet of mostly sausage. (laughs) And then you suddenly take away his sausage and serve him prison slime. 
Well, this I is believe... before he was in prison. This okay. is before. You have to know because our next was... thing is going to be in the prison. But he was in custody or something. No, no. He was being point. investigated at this oh, point. Oh, okay. Uh, but still, I believe that, you know, he, that the rest of the world stopped eating the sausage and his sausage business was crumbling to the ground and the poor man was in destitute. And I believe that, you know, they were about to take his crown from him and that therefore it is a zero. <laughs> wow. Now, he was a broken man. Broken, yeah, does that change your sausage. opinion at all, Mondo? Honestly, up until the point that Rebecca pointed out that he was not in custody, you had me. And that, <laughs> I was like, that makes so much sense. Suddenly you deprive him of his sausage and you give him prison a slop. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and yeah, but I'm sticking with my five. <laughs> okay, you're sticking with five. That's nice. So, I will say there also, and I think uh, this this sometimes I think it's overlooked um, that there were there the sausage business. Yes, there was issues with the sausage afterwards, right? Because people thought mistakenly that there were human remains in the sausage and all of that. But even before the murder, they were having some financial difficulties. The yeah. the business and he supposedly I can't remember if you mentioned this was actually supposedly courting a very rich woman already from Europe. I did not mention that, but yes, he was. Yes. Yeah, and so I don't know. Like, there's this, there's a, a another podcast that I listen to called um, um, Red Collar, uh, which I really like, and it's all about like monetary motive for murder. Yeah, and um, a lot of times not, things not may- ghostly. Right. But monetary. Monetary. And a lot of times people like might see a murder and think it was like a passion killing or other things, but oftentimes oftentimes it's motivated by money. And mm. so to me, it I really do think he was guilty, if nothing else, because he wanted to marry this rich woman and needed to get rid of his wife. So maybe. maybe. Um but anyways, uh it the the money thing certainly uh played a played a factor in it all. All right. All right. So our next piece of evidence then, this may come in some of the arguments you all just made, I think, might come into this one. So our next ghost story or claim is that Louisa haunted Adolf in prison and drove him to his death. So, again, there was the his claims of noises at the factory itself. Now he's in jail. Mm-hmm. So while he's at the old Joliet prison, short, terrifying stay, um, he claimed that Louisa had followed him to the prison to exact her revenge on him. Guards report that he was found babbling incoherently to himself. He professed to other prisoners that he was possessed by the devil and confessed the devil made him kill his wife. Um, he he also said something about the rings being like doing him in or something like that. Um, he became insane with his haunting and conjoling of him. And he died of his, uh, he died of whatever, his heart thing. Um, and uh, people wonder. If maybe her haunting him is what drove him to die. Mm. So, Mondo, what do you think? Yeah, I'm totally on board with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, yes, he had a, it's like El Capone. Mm-hmm. He was That's what prison, I was thinking. He was, you know, seeing uh, former victims, people that he had killed that were coming back to haunt him. Um, it could, and I mean, he basically confessed while he was in prison that he did in fact kill his wife if you know he was the rings did him in he told others that he did it so um i believe 
then that kind of proves that, I mean, he murdered her. So he had a reason to, you know, worry and, or, you know, to invite a ghost to haunt him. Oh, interesting know? point. Okay. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. So now is when I'm going to use my debate that right. the lack of yes. sausages <laughs> caused him. <laughs> and, um, this is, I mean, there's evidence of this with his fatty heart. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he had a large heart because of you know how much sausage that he that he ate. <laughs> this is the diet episode for all of us. <laughs> I mean, sausage is good in moderation. In moderation, in moderation. <laughs> you only have so many taco brats at one time. Um, but yeah, I I believe that he. I believe that it was part of the insanity. Like you mentioned that it drove him insane. Well, what comes first, the insanity or the ghost? And even if he wasn't showing signs of insanity, if he later became insane, this could all be part of the ghost sightings. Mm. Insanity can be a lot of different things. And one of the things is hallucinations. Or like sometimes people will talk to themselves because they believe that they're talking to somebody else because they see someone else there. It's all part of the lack of sausage. <laughs> so, Mondo, what's your rating on this one? Um, I believe that he killed her, and I think that... Uh, That's not had, what the debate is, though. I, I, Just, but uh, I believe yeah. that you had a very good point about insanity. And the other thing is, when I mentioned Al Capone, one of the reasons that he could be hallucinating is obviously he had an advanced form of syphilis at that he point. Did, that yes. had, so I think that can be looked at in the, much the same way. So, uh, so, all right. So what number would you give it? Hmm. I will give it a five. Okay. Another five. All right. Another five. Okay. Um, uh, so for me, I'm actually going to give it uh, another six. For this, um, because I do think that they're together. I do think that Louisa was upset about being murdered and she haunted him until he died, potentially. Uh, Again, I'm not real strong. (laughs) I'm not giving it like a nine or a 10 um, because I do think we have to. Because you really don't believe it. We have to. No, no, no. I believe it's possible. I believe it's maybe a little bit more likely than not because it really is pretty extreme. And I guess I'll say this. I guess I'll say this. What the first, this is the first story that I heard that she haunted him in prison, that that's what drove him to his death. And I thought, eh, I'm not so sure about it. But then once I learned that he also had been claiming that she was haunting him even during the trial, but not that he didn't say it was her. He thought it was the police pranking him. (laughs) Um, That made it a little bit more legitimate for me Hmm. as a possible haunting. All right. Well, I'm going to say that not only the change in diet and the fatty heart um, and the insanity But also, could you imagine spending 18 months in prison? And we talked about the conditions of people at Joliet Prison. Um, It was a smaller prison. You have a smaller cell. And I just believe that that can drive a person even crazier. So if there was some signs of insanity, that's multiplied by being in a small cell, being alone, taken your freedom away from you 
And I believe that this could have added to everything and caused him to hallucinate the ghost. So I do not believe at all that there's any possibility that there was a real ghost there. I believe it was all in his head. Mm. None of the other prisoners saw this ghost. Well, but they heard him reacting to it. Well, yeah, because he's reacting to what what his mind sees. (laughs) And his mind was messed up. For lack of sausages. So um, is this going to a, a zero? It is going to go to a zero on okay. this one, yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, can I just mention something? When I had said five on that, I was actually thinking in terms of what I, your argument. I could totally see the... Uh, um, so I, I actually wasn't giving the five to him being haunted by her so much as it being a possibility that he's suffering from hallucinations. So do you want to lower your rating? I'm are you, sorry. Are you saying it with a five? <laughs> saying, saying with a five? I'll, I'll stay with a five. Okay. <laughs> but, it's, but it's not a hard five. It's, it's a, a hard soft five. five. It's a soft five. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we got, we got three, more, three more pieces of evidence here, guys. All so. right. All right. So our next, uh, we're, we're moving past uh, um, the, the Sausage King himself um, and moving back to the, the, the locations. Um, so the first is the basement area of the old factory seems to be a particular area for ghost activity. Sorry, excuse me, for ghostly ding, activity. Ding, ding. Um, eventually, after years of kind of different owners and different people using um, this building, um, back in like the 1930s-ish time frame, 40s, um, a family purchased the building for a pretty good price. Because supposedly, you know, there was some hauntings and there was a, the fire, all the different things happened over the years. Uh, but in the 1940s, one member of that particular family reported that he would regularly hear footsteps going up and down the stairs to the basement where her body was boiled or whatever, fired, poured things on, whatever um, happened to there her. Was, no, actually, if the night watchman saw her going into the factory... Uh, then that would mean that she was not killed in that building. She she was killed at the factory. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about the factory. Oh, I thought you were talking about where they lived. No, 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 we're okay. not there yet. No, we're at. Uh, we're still at the. Well, we'll get to the house later. Okay. Right now, we're talking about the basement in the factory. Gotcha. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, Mondo. What's your thoughts on this? I guess I'd have to ask a little about that guy. Uh, did he eat a lot of sausage? Is there some reason he would say? <laughs> I mean, everyone um, in Chicagoland area before deep dish pizza ate sausage on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do we know as far as his credibility? We don't. I mean, again, this is where, as I said at the very beginning, like specific firsthand accounts of sightings are very difficult to, if not impossible to find. So I do not, know where this was reported exactly just that you know in that world of the internet and books on this Mm. there is there is a report of someone um in the 1940s claiming that they would regularly hear footsteps um going up and down the stairs in the basement where all of this supposedly took place um this would have been after the fire you know the all the vats and things would be gone at this point um, but just that somebody, somebody would hear her or what they well, claim to be her. I don't, you know, because we don't know much about him. We don't know 
if that was kind of just the way he was. Maybe he was a big storyteller. Um, so I'll go kind of low on this. And it's just footsteps. You know, it, it could have been some animal that broke in or something. And maybe, you know, he heard some cat running down the stairs or something. So I'll just mm. go with, with like a, a one. A one. Wow. Okay. Right, Rebecca? Oh, you want me to go? You, yeah, you got to go yet. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to say that... Um, Oh, we're also doing the rating at the yeah, same time. Yeah, we're kind of putting them together. Mixing them together. Okay. So I'm going to say that it is not uncommon for buildings to make noises, especially an older building like this, to settle in. Um, but also, Mondo, you brought up some really good, interesting points that I don't think you fully fleshed out, that this report of a the family member comes from other people. So it's not even a first-hand account of the person that actually heard it. So mm. it is not uncommon for people to um, distort the facts when it is like, you know, hey, I heard that this person was hearing footsteps. It's it's not uncommon to hear that kind of story. So I'm going to have to go very low on this one again. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Mondo on this one a one, just because we mm. don't know enough about the person for me to really flesh this out. Okay. Um, so I, yeah, this one, it's tricky for me because I, I really only found this in like one source. It was uh, a tricky thing. Um, so yeah, footsteps, as, as you said, Mondo, those are hard because they are actually both of you said, you know, it's like there's, there's so many things that could sound like footsteps. You know, so it's a little trickier. So I'm actually going to give this one a four. A four. I'm wow. going low. I'm That's pretty low this for one. you. Um, because yeah, again, I oh, this is something that again, uh, like footsteps are tricky. You know, mm. yeah. All right, so we've got uh, another. Um, I kind of again, this is the basement area in in the factory building. Okay. Um, and again, this is so vague. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, guys, but two, two, two kind of things here is um, one that a family that lived in the building um, in the 70s had stories that they would tell about poltergeist activity in the basement. But that's it. I could find no specifics about what kind of poltergeist activity. And we don't necessarily know that they even thought that they these things were related to the sausage king murders um it's just that they happened to be in that building mm. so um but and again what was the original question that this episode oh, is it's the did did uh does does the sausage king sausage king's wife still haunt chicago so the sausage queen <laughs> right mm. yes mm. um uh, I will. There was also a story about a police officer that claimed to chase a ghost in the basement. But to be honest, I'd rather focus on the poltergeist activity, just because I just wanted to bring up that there was this weird thing with the cop. But um, I again never. I, I found no credibility for that at all. So I'd rather stick with the the vague family poltergeist <laughs> activity. Um, so Mondo, what do you think? Um, so did these people, I'm sorry, did they buy the property? Well, I think at this point in the seventies, they would be just probably condo owners. And oh, then okay. like, you know what I mean? Like they probably go in the basement and then, 
um, you know, claim that they, they, you know, I mean, so poltergeist activity would be, you know, seeing things move on their own. Yeah. That kind of thing. Things. Oh, doors opening, closing. And... Right, right, right. Gotcha. So, and it was the whole family that saw it. I guess, I guess that's what, that's what okay. the report said. Hmm. And but but only, the... only one family. <laughs> so... Do we know? If it was a small family, I, or, I don't you know, know. Like a, a guy and a family of cats. I don't. I don't know the makeup of the family. That's how vague okay. this is. I gotcha. So I'm gonna go. I'll go kind of low on that. But w- because there were more people, or we believe in a family situation. Um, True. That said, it. I'll give it a four. A four. Okay. Or, yeah. You know what's interesting is poltergeist is actually a uh, it comes from German. Ooh, true. Yeah, and it's actually pronounced um, Klopfegeist. Oh, in Germany, in German. And yeah, not in Ger- well, in probably in Germany <laughs> if they're speaking German. German. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Klopfegeist. Hmm. Um, yeah, so I you know there doesn't seem to be anything involving this ev- evidence except for their reports of it. Uh, a poltergeist is a ghost or other supernatural being that supposedly is responsible for physical disturbances such as loud noises and objects thrown around. But you didn't bring up any of those. Nope. So I don't know why they consider it a poltergeist. I don't know what activity there was. There's nothing to this i don't even know if this is real evidence yeah it's again it's uh i think this is from troy taylor and not again i don't want to blame him i think there's uh a lot of kind of the same evidence repeated out there and i i don't know you know where it originally came from um again i mean i looked at books i looked i looked around and i i could not find any super details Okay, well, uh, I'm going to have to, I mean, I, we're doing the rating at the same time yeah, as yeah. the debate. We'll just do so that. I'm going to give it a zero. I'm sorry. Okay, okay. Uh, I am going to give this one um, uh, also a four. Again, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting concept. There's a few stories about it, but it's just uh, too vague. To, to, to give it a higher score. So Mondo gave it a four. You gave it a four. Yep. There's a pattern here. There's, uh... No, I, I, I gave it four because I assumed that it was mother, father, and 2.2 children. You know, <laughs> so <laughs> one point for each. Okay, good, good. <laughs> All right, now, now, here we go, here we go. So the, the, the last one here, though, this is uh, one, this is a big one. So our last ghost story is actually the Lutgart house. Mm. So not long after uh, Adolf went to prison, Louise's ghost began to be seen inside the Lutgart house. Neighbors claimed to see a woman in white Ugh. leaning against the fireplace mantle. Your favorite. I know, right? Woman in white. Uh, eventually the house was rented out, but none of the tenants have stayed there long. The place became an object of fear, the yard overgrown with ragweed and largely deserted. All right. So we're saying a woman in white was by the mantle. 
uh-huh. the ragweed and everything has nothing to do with anything. Well, so. the fact that no, I think there's ghosts some... ghosts don't grow ragweed. No, but the fact that it's because it was she was there, people kept seeing her at the. It wasn't just like one time. Someone or maybe saw her she at the was fireplace. the one that took care of the ragweed, and <laughs> because she wasn't there, the ragweed was overgrown. Well, they she her the sight of her ghost kept people from staying there. Okay. Mondo, what are your thoughts? Um, well, I guess I'd, do we know what's on the property now? And has there been any accounts since they got rid of the house? Anything like that? Um, I don't know where what the state of the house is right now. Okay. Obviously, there was no mantle for her to stand there. And, uh, but mm, I'll go pretty pretty low on that one. I, I'm, it was multiple people that moved in and then moved out. Yep. And neighbors would be would off would be the ones to report seeing her. Um, there, there's also some story like if you if you if you're in the area May first of every year you may just see her. But I that was that seemed really vague, so I didn't go with that one. The the mantelpiece story, so the mantel standing story sounded a little bit more plausible for me. Okay, I'll. The neighbors saw, people saw. Well, well, I'll give that a four also. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to go pretty low on this one because this lady in white sure gets around all the time. <laughs> She's everywhere. Um, no, I, you know, I think it is the idea that they they realize that they bought the Sausage King house or the Sausage King Castle, as I would like to think of it. <laughs> and, um, you know, they realized that there was a murder. They didn't realize that it wasn't committed there, probably, because mm. this was in the 1970s or something. Or not, no, this is not long after. Right, this is, yeah, pretty, yeah. I mean, she wasn't murdered there. Uh, she was obviously unhappy in the marriage, so it wasn't like this is a place that would you know, was like a happy place for her. Um, so I, I'm going to have to go really, really low on this one. I'm going to have to, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a one. Okay. So just looked and uh, 725 North Clyburn is now a jewel, uh, which for those of you not in the Chicago area, that is a grocery store. Um, so it looks or like as they we tore call it down. Jewels. <laughs> yes, the <laughs> real Chicagoans. There's, there's no S at the end, but for some reason <laughs> we make it jewels. Okay. The city folk do. The, the city sub- folk suburbians, do. Yeah. we don't, uh, we just call it Jewel. Mondo, what is it? It's Jewels. Yeah. Jewels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, so it looks like the house is, is no longer existing. Um, and, and so don't, uh, if so you're traveling no to Chicago, you don't need to, to, to look for it. Um, yeah. Well, again, for me, this is a much reported um, sighting. Um, it, to me, it makes sense that she might. Um, this might have happened just because um, it kind of goes along with, you know, she was haunting her husband. She was mm. in her home. You know, she was a very, very upset uh, presence, um, understandably, after all of this happened. And I I don't think it's, I again, I'm, am I less, I'm actually, interestingly, less convinced, surprisingly. I was not going into this thinking this, but I'm less convinced that she haunts the factory as I was, as I am, that she did haunt her home. 
Why so? Wait, I don't understand. It just seems more more believable the stories and that she that it was it was back then. I haven't All the right. stories from the factory just aren't as credible as the multiple people seeing seeing her so, in her home. So what's your rating? So my rating for this one is a six. Is a six. Yeah. So you still have not real six, high. Six four four six six. Okay, interesting. Um, yeah, I. I really, you know, I, I was just thinking about this, though. The Chicago area in the 1890s was known for murder just like it is now. <laughs> so we've come full circle, right? So we had H.H. Yep. H. Holmes and we had the Sausage King. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's just there's a lot of murder in Chicago area. I wonder, wonder why. Mm, sausage. It might be the sausage, yeah. <laughs> All right, so it's time for our overall ratings. Mondo, what is your overall rating given all the evidence that you've heard today? Do you think Louisa still haunts Chicago? That is the actual question, but you're giving a n- numeric rating. On Chicago. She had a good point about the house. And, and actually, you did too, Pat, when you said that it was an unhappy place. I mean, that's like inviting evil in, you know. And then Jewel, you know. Jewels. Well, it is a phantom S that only Chicagoans see. On <laughs> 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 that spot. Um, I believe about uh, that there were hallucinations that he was seeing. I think he was probably going crazy. Um, I believe he did kill her, and there was a lot of guilt. Um, but. She liked to follow him around, and I'm going to go overall, I'll say a six. Wow, that's higher than any rating that you gave for individual evidence. No, well, at the beginning, he did. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, Rebecca, what is your uh, overall rating? My overall rating um, is is also going to be a six. Yeah. Um, because I do think that there is some evidence that she's... Uh, you know that she that she did haunt him um, until he died, and then hung around her house. What happened to her energy once the house was gone? I don't know. I mean, it may have moved on. It may have moved to the factory, though. To me, that doesn't sound like a great uh, place to hang around if I were her. But uh, you know, m- maybe. But I just haven't seen quite enough evidence for that one. All right. So I'm gonna have to go with our good friend Richard Crow that is no longer with us, um, that there is no signs of evidence pointing to a ghost of Louisa. So tragic story, no Tragic story, very, very tragic story, um, you know, that he was deprived of his sausages. Uh, You know, I just, I can't imagine what he went through during that time. And that drove him insane. Yeah. Insane enough to to confess a murder that he didn't even commit. Wow. You, <laughs> I don't know. Do you want to land on the side of Sausage King murderer uh, defender? I have no way of knowing. There was no forensic evidence <laughs> I, at that time. So I, there's no DNA. There's no nothing. So I have no clue. No well, this clue. is why they did not actually sentence, sentence, sentence him for hanging to, 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 
to be hanged. There you go. Uh, because there was no body, so they and they didn't have the DNA kind of stuff back then. Yeah. Um, but I mean, circumstantial evidence is pretty strong in this case. So. Okay, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, but it's all. I but it all could be for planted. Him, Mondo. I am worried. <laughs> he's he's gonna go to the mental institution. I need some sausages, people. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. So. So, what, so what's your number? Uh, so yeah, I'm going to go zero, zero. So that brings us to the closing arguments. This is our last chance to convince you to vote our way. We are each given one minute of uninterrupted time. And unfortunately, Rebecca is going to have to time all of us because my phone is being used for our interview with Mondo. (laughs) Okay. So (laughs) So I can time myself? Yeah. So Hmm. this gives her more of a chance to cheat on this one. (laughs) Um, Mondo, as our guest, you are up first. Okay. So let us know when you're ready. Uh, Okay. I'm ready. All right. Here we go. And go. Did uh, Louisa haunt Chicago? And uh, I don't think anybody can question that. I mean, really, that Adolf most likely bumped her off. Um, I do think that. He probably bumped more people off than we know because that's why he had the equivalent of about $90,000 when he was ready to start his business. Um, but I think he had a lot of guilt in his mind. He, and um, it's interesting that in jail, he was seeing her even at the factory when they brought him there, he was seeing her. Um, I, And then you have the house. There's not too many things that were brought up about it, but I do believe that there was enough to say that, you know, something was going on there too. So I, I think that she did in fact, uh, haunt him. And I do believe that she haunts Chicago and those various places. Oh. And I think that he would be oh, happy. You're to out know, of time, Mondo. Oh, I'm sorry. You yeah. Finish your thought. Say, yeah. I think he would be happy to know that jewel carries plenty of sausage. They do. Jewels. They do <laughs> the both Italian sauce and um, brats, hot brats, dogs, yeah. yeah, yeah, beef summer. You know, yeah, a lot, lot of different. All right, my next or your next? I'll, I'll go next. Okay, are you ready? Yes. All right, go. So we have a prominent uh, paranormal investigator, Richard Crow, probably one of the most famous in Chicago area. Says that there was no signs of evidence. I have never come upon anybody that believes that this is real up until today. So I'm going to have to say that this is a fabricated stories. Uh, I don't like to call people liars, but I think that these are secondhand or thirdhand stories that get distorted along the way. And the real, the real tragedy here is the lack of sausages in Chicago. And that's it. <laughs> there's no lack of sausage in Chicago. I'm just, I just want people to well, know. Even, if you come even, here, there's plenty of sausage. Even to this day, it has affected the sausage intake <laughs> of the Chicago Inns. I am sure that every non-Chicagoan listening right now is like, sausage Chicago. <laughs> like, that's our entire episode. A sausage sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Uh, it's like, am I listening to the uh, bears? The bears. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rebecca. Okay, I'm going to time myself, everybody. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, okay. and go. All right. So um, I think that there is a possibility that Louisa did haunt um, her murderer um, after his death or after her death um, and, and, and potentially... Uh, helped lead him to his own. Um, I do think that it's possible she haunted her home. Um, and hey, you know what? What I we didn't uh, I didn't check out the jewels to see if there were any stories of hauntings there. Um, you know, I don't know about the the factory itself. That's I think uh, the most common. That's like the story people want to believe that she haunts there. Um, but I think you're right, Richard Crow said he could not. He didn't hear any firsthand accounts. I specifically, you know, did not find any credible stories for the factory itself. But as far as does she ha- haunt Chicago or has she haunted Chicago? I say a little bit yes. That's where I'm at. A little bit yes. Oh, I'm oh. over. Oh, I'm the money. Wow. I'm the money. All right. Well, I want to thank everyone so much for listening. And Mondo, thank you so much for coming back on Ghostly. Um, do you have anything you want to plug or anything? Uh, just food. I'm really hungry now. You know, I'm so glad that we did an episode <laughs> on food. This is awesome. <laughs> and yeah, I'm going to go get a sausage. Hey, I've heard that you make mm-hmm. a pretty mean mac and cheese. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've kind of moved on uh, from. Okay. I'm a Chicago. I like sausage. I like beef. I like pizza. But I really I love mac and cheese. I I, grew up on mac and cheese. I grew up on that stuff, too. (laughs) Nice. It's Uh, good. What's your what what would be like the one ingredient in your mac and cheese that's different than most? No, I can't give that away. Oh, that's a secret. Yeah, that's I call my Mac million dollar Mac because I know that if one day I decided to just start a restaurant, it would become it, it would be awesome. And yeah. I would serve Mac and cheese. It I, don't, would. I don't know if I, I ever told you my there. idea, but I think my idea and your idea could work well together. Oh, I wanted nice. to open up a food truck that serves um, like, you know, how they have pizza puffs. Mm-hmm. But different things stuffed inside the pizza puff. Because I've had like a taco pizza puff before. Nice. I, for some reason, am, am drawn to this taco idea. But I'm nice. thinking we could do a mac and cheese pizza puff. Whoa. Yeah. And Double I would, the carbs? I would, call this, I would call this place the Puff Magic. Puff You're giving away your idea. With, I am giving away ex- my idea. With extra gluten. Yeah, with extra gluten. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. This yeah. has become a food episode. Yeah, I don't right? know how this happened. Yeah. Um, uh, there is a great food podcast, uh, which we will be uh, seeing at Elgin Fringe Fest. Oh. Called I, Attack of the Snack. I didn't know they were going to be at Fringe. Oh, that's so They will be there the same day that we will podcast. be there. Yes. Oh, I nice. love everything about this. Attack so, of the Snack is great. Wait, wait. Can I just ask really quick a song off? Just just to leave the listeners real quick. Um, Pat, what was your what was your song again? Oh, um, he is the sausage king. Murdering. Mm-hmm. Least they found the ring. Yeah, yeah. 
All right. And nice. then and then Mondo, what was yours? Poison. <laughs> that sausage was poison. <laughs> all right good okay so just to leave the listeners with a little bit of song all right okay. and then uh, finish us up here so please share us with your friends and family as word of mouth is our best advertisement remember to hit that subscribe button if you haven't yet we will be talking about and this is actually an episode that bob challenged us to do mm. uh, a long 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 time ago now when Mondo, remember when we did the Whole House episode? Yes. And remember I challenged Bob to do the uh, Devil Baby episode? Oh. The Devil nice. Baby. <laughs> um, so he did it right away, mm. whereas we did not. He, <laughs> he, he in turn, right at that time, challenged us to do The Devil Made Me Do It which is now the latest Conjuring mm-hmm. episode. Whoa. Now, I knew that this was in the works being filmed as The Conjuring 3, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think they actually call it The Conjuring 3, do they? I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't I, know. I, I think it's The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. Right. And so we will be talking about that one, and that comes out on August 4th. Yeah, so I'm not sure. I'm sure it's out on streaming somewhere. Uh, so definitely, I think HBO Max. Yeah, so definitely, if you want to check that out before we uh, chat about the real story behind the movie. Now, now Rebecca, you've seen the movie. Mm-hmm. What did you think? Like, like I don't know. As far as like five stars being the highest rating, you can go as like a as like a horror movie. As a movie in general. As a movie in general, I'd give it three. As Maybe a horror three and movie. a half. Yeah. It's as a general movie, a three. As a horror movie, maybe the three and a half. Yeah. Okay, you went up. Yeah. I mean, because I love horror movies. So, like, if you want to have that fun ride of a horror movie, it uh, it's watchable. I mean, am I glad? I'm glad I didn't have, I didn't pay to see it in a theater. I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. I love the Conjuring movies. This one wasn't quite as good as some of the others. Um, but the actors are great and it's a fun story. Um, I'm interested to compare it to what's the the kind of the story behind the movie. Yeah, but it is an Ed and Lorraine. It is an Ed and Lorraine Warren. Yeah, story. And, so. Uh, so I'm excited. Mondo, have you seen uh, The Devil Made Me Do It? I did not. Oh, not yet. Well, you should check it out. I thought it was a good movie. I I don't know how much I believe of the story, but it was a good movie. Mm-hmm. It was a good. It was a good concept for a movie. Yeah. So, uh, until then, stay ghostly. Bye.